upload and something downloads in your podcast network, A10 stuff. I'm not, was I'm not trying to put you on as like, this is Ali Trove's A10 expert. Like, I don't think I need to do that. But I guess I should probably introduce you at some point. Uh, I'm like, you wear so many hats, but you really are like a content director. I would say like content manager slash like host and reporter. Yeah, so you like manifest of, the content. You create it, produce it, edit it, put it up. I mean, you have to it's do me everything and ben, now. It's me and Ben Messner who does like a lot of the, he's also like the guy who cuts all the commercials and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, Ben so. helped me record so many promos. He's the best. It was so weird because like I, it doesn't really seem like three years since it's been like traditional radio for me. Um, I was asked not to say the F word. Uh, that was the main concern. I could just remember Alok's face like, okay, so you're going to go on air and you're not going to cuss and we're not going to have like, but I mean, I did a lot of not mouthy things on ESPN Kansas City, but I definitely pushed a little bit. Um, I do want to say just flat out shout out to Allie because already in the first three minutes of this interview, she's made eye contact with me, which it took an hour and 19 minutes for Carrington to make eye contact with me. We had viewers point out, like, why wasn't he ever looking at you? And I'm like, well, there's NBA finals going on. There is, like, college football in the background. I'm like, we're kind of on a Tuesday night here where it's like, this is like the NFL off day usually. What do you do on an average Tuesday? Oh, gosh. Um, It kind of just depends. I feel like this year has been so weird with, and, and like a lot of my coverage is like Major League Soccer. So they do typically have more like midweek games. And this season, especially, that was usually a Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, set, you know, just kind of like mm-hmm. three games. It was games. staggered. It, it was kind of nice to have that. But you kind of knew, like, even if there was a midweek game, it was probably going to be a Wednesday. So Tuesdays, like, I, I don't, I honestly do not know because I feel like my nights, my weeknights, especially during the last however many months we've been in this pandemic and everything that's going on, sometimes there's sports, sometimes there's not. Sometimes I'm in bed by nine, other times I'm four glasses of wine deep. So it just kind of Absolutely. depends on the three night. Or three Miller Lite, Or three Yeah. No, I was like, I need that's to be my wine, twist. You have to have, like, alcohol at some... We have to drink together at some yes. point. I know, like, the second round of shutdowns coming down, uh, I tweeted out yesterday... Kansas City had four minutes of freedom left before Mayor Quentin Lucas shut us back down. Uh, we're doing this, obviously, before everything shuts down again, but it kind of seems like an uphill battle being immediate right now. It definitely is, and that is true for a hundred different reasons, it feels like, whether that is the pandemic, which is, for whatever reason, a point of contention with a lot of people, and especially trying to talk about everything going on in the sports world through the lens of the huge thing that is influencing not just sports, but everything right now, of course. So the pandemic and COVID and also just like trying to put your reporter hat on too (laughs) at times, because it's like, for example, I had a show the Saturday morning that the news broke that Cam Newton had tested positive for COVID. So you kind of go from sports talk and like a sports talk radio host. I do some reporting, more so if I'm on as a guest. And a lot of, you know, the show hosts at 810 will have me on, like on the midday show to talk soccer and like give like the report. What's the latest with sporting? This was a case where I'm like, oh, news is breaking right now. I'm going live. Scrap my show plan. Anything fun I had, any like analysis doesn't matter. And so you kind of go into a different mode. So I think it's just being really flexible, which is a battle in and of itself in a time where you're having to be flexible because of a lot of different things. News is always breaking in the NFL, but with COVID that has just kind of tripled in a way. Like I feel like there's 
new news at all times and it can be exhausting to keep up with it. Then you look at all of the racial issues and social injustice issues that kind of took over through the course of the summer months. Then you get into the political season and you're right around election time and it's like trying Everyone's to talk about Everyone's so happy during the election season. Oh my gosh, it's just it's so just like so nice. light and airy and really fine. I mean, you could just ugh, no, you could literally cut through the tension with a knife and I was worried that my friends and media were going to get stabbed, you I, know, the usual. Well, and like the, you just have to worry about everyone that leaves the house like, "Okay, well please come back in one piece. Thank you." Like really though. And for me, I've kind of found like my voice on social media is more like puns and funny memes and being lighthearted. Um, I used to actually want to go into like writing and you know work on this set at like work at Second City or SNL, be like Ooh, a comedy writer. All right. I used to do like all the skits in college. So puns are your thing, though. Puns are my thing. So They're that's my what you jam. Would be, like, like SNL writer, if they had a, like a pun episode where they just needed like the best puns. I'm that like I'm I'm on a free like I'll do it freelance, whatever. But like, <laughs> and I'm kind of and like this is a joke with all my friends. It's like we did like superlative hats one time and it was like and on her deathbed her final words were and then because once i get going on something like and it's whether it's like a joke i am like the queen of like let's take it too far let's take it like further than too what's far what's something that gets you going oh my like god that. just anything and like i love i mean like seinfeld larry david comedians who can find like the hilarious in the everyday ordinary uh is just like my favorite thing so I can't think of like an exact Are you example. like really big into sarcasm? Are you big into dry humor? Because like, I think that sarcasm is very thinly veiled for like somebody being insecure. So like, it can rub me the wrong way in certain, and totally. sitcoms like laugh tracks, I can't do, I, can't, I hated Friends and so many people are just like, how can you hate that? It's classic. I'm like, what is it classic for? It's like the worst TV show ever. But like Seinfeld, I get because it's like, that's everyday people. And I mean, they didn't have the internet when that came out. That yeah. was like the first thing to close to a reality show that wasn't reality, but it kind of was. So, I mean, it was relatable. I am with you in that sarcasm to me, it has to be like the right amount because I think some people rely on being too offensive, too shock factory, to mask like an insecurity or maybe like not just having a, a funny joke or like a funny thing. Or a pun. Or a pun. Um, or, you know, like the whole laugh tracks. I'm with you. Like Friends was never really my jam. I have some friends who love Friends. Who yeah. still watch it to and the And good day. for them. Good for I you. I've watched a few episodes. I've never like watched it all the way through. It's just like not really my thing. Like Nathan for you is something. Like, I just yeah. love like all of those just like get you out of your chair laughing just by finding like funny, hilarious ways to twist ordinary everyday things. And Absolutely. so that to me is like the best like comedic relief you can get. I can see you being like an Always Sunny fan too. So I've seen, my brothers like loved it and we have similar sense of humor. So I never, I honestly never watched it, but it's kind of one of those things on my list. Uh, Some, you know, another thing about me is that I actually don't watch a lot of TV. I just- Because you don't have time. I literally don't know. I am watching The Queen's Gambit right now, which I love. It's, it's about a great chess. show. It's about chess. And like, My other love in life. Yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm like, I relate to being an orphan that has to rely on their mad chess skills to get through. Which is like why I don't know why I like it because yeah. I don't know shit about chess. I um, can't don't relate to, to any of like the major themes of the show, <laughs> like 
addiction or um, being an orphan. You know, all yeah, these like, more, like, like really, it really resonates, but it kind of does. And they're really heavy, but I like I'm I find it really fascinating. I think they did a really good job with like the storytelling, and so I've I've enjoyed it. And I also can get more into a show that I know I don't need to commit to like nine seasons of. Yeah. Can we please make the new normal with TV shows? Just like hey, here's like one quick season. Maybe we'll come out with the second, but you don't need to commit more than. 10 episodes uh, to us. I got so pissed. I'm not even joking about how mad I got Game of Thrones. See, like, I never, that's not my joke. That's it. Like, don't ever waste your time, though. Like, I didn't start watching it until, I think, 2013. So I was like, oh, I didn't start it at the very beginning, but I think it was close. I wasted so much of my life. Well, and I know so many people. Like, all I needed to know. You know, Beardsy. Beard's like. Oh, my God. He, he was so right there with us during the entire thing. And it's like, that was awful, right? And he's yeah. like. No, and, and I feel like because I'm on Twitter, as most know. At Allie Trost. At Allie Trost. Like, if you don't know, I, like, I Let's would pause be, for identification. I would legitimately be shocked if, like, 99 to 100% of the people watching this know me from something other than Twitter, just because that's, like, I think where I'm most present. I love it. Yeah. Like, so, I love it. Now that we have Twitter stories, this is breaking news. Oh, my God. Twitter. I'm going to be, like... I put a thirst trap up. I'm sorry. Which Mom. I... I <laughs> I need to figure out how to use it because I've been behind on the Instagram stories, at least in like their more advanced forms. Yeah. I was trying to post like I was doing a, because I get a lot of questions like, oh, like what's your day like in radio? And it's always different, but like I was Absolutely. I was getting ready to host for Josh last week on Almost Entirely Sports. And so I was like, I'll do like a little behind the scenes at the station. So I like go to, you know, record it. I'm looking like absolute shit. I've got this hat on and I'm like, oh, I'll do like one of these one of these like filters and I'm like oh they have a whole library of thousands of filters so I became immediately overwhelmed yes. response I'm like I can't can we just go back to like yeah. the normal typeface that's all I am equipped they for they way overdid it there's they so many options it. now I can look like a totally different person which I totally do I'm like look and I, I haven't worn makeup I only wear makeup when I actually have to be in yes. person looking nice I'm like god damn it because normally put on a filter do an Instagram live put it on there and it's like it's oh done god. for you yeah well and I like I accidentally like came across this one like my nose became this big and my eyes like I looked like just a, like no I looked like Bambi like, Hello. I was like I just I just woke up like, <laughs> hey everyone this is what I look good like. morning and I Tom's just, like wait a second that was my favorite thing because I can see you guys like I even have questions in here about you two yes uh and it, no it's not just because I'm blocked by Tom which I will address <laughs> off air um, I know that Tom and I could be best friends, and it's fine. Just like I know you and I could. But Ron Burgundy and Veronica Corningstone, you guys have had to have dressed up like that, have you not? No, we haven't, but that is great. We, like, have loved dressing up for Halloween. This year was a little different because of the pandemic, and we were like, we last minute did, like, oh, we'll just do, like, Top Gun. We found matching costumes. It was a little was like, Yeah, effort. aviators on, you're like, here. I'm like, boom, I'm, and I've never even seen Top Gun, so I'm, like, such a, I'm such a fraud. I'm standing there, like, in my, oh, I know, I know, I know. I told you I'm bad with TV shows. I'm okay. like even worse with the movies. Um, we did dress up as Fire Festival last year, which I feel like was one of my best favorite, most favorite costumes of all time. I was the Instagram post. He was the sad lunch with like the gross little sandwich. Um, but that's a great one. Like we we always are like brainstorming. I'm like way ahead of the game. It's like August. I'm like, what should we do for Halloween? It's like, what are you he's talking like, about? It's August. Can it's we get August, to fall like, season? Like a little bit? He's like, like, can we at least get to get training to, camp? Yeah, can we get to fall at least? But no, that is like yeah. on the list. That's it has to be you guys at home, just like the news going on and like practicing diction. I just feel like that's what's going on behind the scenes. I feel August. like I need to get Tom on. We both really love TikTok, but I need to learn <laughs> yes. to be a better like TikTok creator because I feel like there's yes. a lot of potential. I just... 
again, it's like all overwhelming. These kids are like doing all these transitions and stuff. I'm like, huh, what? Like, how do you do that? I can't I don't dance. know. I don't I know. I can't sing. I, oh I my can't God. act. So I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do on TikTok? Well, he has, Tom has these, like, really funny, like, behind the scenes, peak quarantine. I'm like, oh, like, I'll learn how to do this, like, TikTok dance. Awful. I have no, I am not a good dancer. What am I doing? Why would I think that this, like, new way of dancing would be, like, all of a sudden easy for me? Because I think you're one of the first chicks uh, at 810 that's not a cheerleader, former cheerleader or something. So, like, if you don't have the dance background, you can't make 810 TikToks. I would be... We got to do some sort of boot camp or something. Which it's so funny that you say that to you because... So I played soccer all through, like, my entire life and all through high school. And even, like, back then, people, like, when you look at me, I'm five foot one. So I'm perfect for, like, the one that they throw in the air. Yeah. Even though I would risk, like, horrible bodily harm if I did that. <laughs> please don't hurt me. Like, like, please, like, I can't flip. I'm not that flexible, but thank you for You having. can throw me up, but I'm sure it's going to happen. <laughs> like, I might fall and land in, like, the ceiling rafters, yes. but hopefully I come back down and hopefully you catch me. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, no, it's like I, I tried the whole dance thing. I tried the whole gymnastics gymnastics thing when I was little hated it I was like I can't I've like I've, I've been in gymnastics for a year I still can't do the splits I'm done <laughs> I can't do a somersault I was 5'9 I think from the time I was 6 years old on so it's just like <laughs> I'm like what am I supposed to do the bars are too short and I'm like alright then I go to basketball and I'm like I don't want to do this like I'm not that aggressive even though it comes off as I might be a little bit aggressive uh, when it comes <laughs> to sports no I will yell at people but I'm just like uh, and then lacrosse I got a stick and I was absolutely like dangerous as hell with that I was like I can be aggressive now it, yeah well it depends depends on like what tools you have to like equip you in your aggressiveness. Absolutely. I, basketball there's not enough like weapons, I feel like. No, basketball's also just like hard. I I don't know, I hate basketball. <laughs> guys, the reason that we're not all Michael Jordan is because basketball is hard. hard, you guys. It's just kinda hard. It's just hard. Know? Like, I mean and for me it was mostly hard because I am like I said, five foot. You can be a great little point guard, you know. Yeah, just get in there and break ankles. I, I would have like here's the thing. I could have been like really good at basketball if I was like a really dirty player. Yeah, that yeah. would have been like the one thing that could have set me apart, and I would have gotten found out. So yeah, they would have just gone to me before I could have gotten to them. It's pretty obvious which ones like you know out there like snapping ankles and shit oh, yeah. and like throwing elbows. Yeah, I would have done that. I think if I would have been so obvious. So, like I said, I was one of the taller ones, but all of my tall friends were these lanky people that had no coordination. So they would see us be like, yeah, basketball, like try it. And we're just like, what the hell are you doing? No. And that's, I don't know. It's just like having the athletic background. Yeah. I never played football, but I can still love football. Do you have a lot of people that say shit like that to you? Like, well, you don't know what you're, I mean, I don't know what it's like. Cause when I went into sports media route in Kansas city, everyone was so excited. It was all these female empowerment stuff and all that. Not a lot of people said stuff, but of course I jumped in comments when they did. But I mean, what's a general day on social media like for you? It's honestly not, but like I'm being honest, it's really not that bad. I've gotten a couple of like responses and, and I, my way of approaching that is either just like ignore it or like turn it into just like something funny. So like, for example, there was a time last year, I, all I did too, it wasn't like I was like spewing shit out of my mouth. I just simply retweeted. It was like a hook and ladder. I think it was, I forget who the chiefs were playing last year. Oh, yeah. It was like Travis Kelsey. I think I like retweeted it and this guy responded and was like, do you even know what a hook and ladder is or did someone have to tell you? And I was like, hey, Ron, did you even know what a burner? He had like two followers. I'm like, did you know what a burner account is or did your wife's boyfriend have to show you? And I just like left it at that. And it, like, but like to me, it's like I ignore it if I don't have a kick-ass response. Yeah. But honestly, I've been fortunate. I think in Kansas City, like I don't, 
I haven't faced a lot of negative yeah. like comments. Um, I think like it has been a great place for me to like grow in my career. And the most challenging part for sure is juggling all the different sports happening at one time. I mean, it's like being aware of what's going on in the national scene with sports that aren't even relevant really to Kansas City, like the NBA, for example, mm -hmm. or the NHL. But then also like just knowing your shit inside and out. And I think like, you know, in TV, for example, like you can, if you're doing like, I, I've done some sideline reporting or, you know, you go on like a different network and it's like, oh, like, yeah, you can give like a 30 second report and have that like prepared hit on the stat you want to hit. But if you're hosting a three hour radio show, you can't exactly just like beat around the bush with like the talk, like the highlights. Um, and so that's kind of been a fun challenge for me is finding like, and, and nothing that I've mastered by any means or I'm I like, I'm still learning every time I, I get behind a mic, but I love it. And I love the challenge. Like I saw like Andy Reid, like, I really love the challenge of hosting a radio show, but like, I really do. Hello everyone. Hello everyone. Yeah, time's yours. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's really been like a, a fun thing. And I started out in soccer here that turned into chiefs and, and then, of course, you've got college basketball, college football, Royals. So it's just been really fun kind of getting to know the history, too, of mm -hmm. Kansas City sports. Because obviously, like having moved here in 2017, I um, showed up right after Mahomes was drafted just months later. And so I've only been here for the Mahomes era of That's Chiefs amazing. football. Um, but, you know, just kind of learning and understanding more of the history of Chiefs, Royals, uh, I was at Mizzou at the time the Royals won the World Series and had a ton of friends uh, from Kansas City. I worked at a sports bar at the time. So, like, for me, it was such an exciting time, even though I wasn't from Kansas City. Where, just, where, where are you from? I'm from St. Louis. And I know I get a lot of crap from that on Twitter because of my love of emos. But here's my thing. And, like, with St. Louis sports and Kansas City sports, the Rams left St. Louis what feels like forever ago and even before they left it was a a race to the bottom stan Kroenke did not want to keep the team in st louis it was evident and it was really just a matter of of how it will happen and you know when and not if um so like that was kind of just something like my whole family for the most part in st louis chiefs fans so for me it's like that's not really like a point of conflict of like oh i'm from philly or i'm from like you know la and then i grew up a huge hockey fan so like baseball i think is is great it's fun like i like to go i like going to baseball games but in terms of like my hierarchy of sports that i love to cover and just watch as a fan baseball for me personally is pretty low on the list like big into soccer, big into football, big into, like, big into hockey, and I love watching like college hoops just like anybody else. But um, but yeah, that's kind of like for me, the whole St. Louis, KC divide, like coming here, I never felt that. And it's really been more on the food side of things than it has anything else. And well, I'm St. like- St. Louis doesn't have barbecue, well, so and we can give like, them like a pizza, I guess. Like, well, and like KC barbecue is amazing. I'm not a big barbecue like person, just yeah. in general. like. A it puts me to sleep. So unless yeah. I'm just ready to like, unless I'm ready to just like go nap, I'm like not just like oh okay lunchtime we're gonna go yeah, grab some barbecue. barbecue. Like I will, I will pass out. I can tell Absolutely. you right now. But it's really good, and here it's phenomenal. So that's like there's no no debate there. I think that like my parents even like Q39. They we do not go to any other restaurant when we are in KC. They like we we only want to go here. I'm like, do you want to try this place? No. Going to Q39. So, so 2017, you came to Kansas City. What were you doing in 2017? 2017, I had just graduated from Mizzou. I was um, kind of...
kind of at this like senior year of college was interesting for me because I went into Mizzou as a freshman like I want to be the next Aaron Andrews I want to you know whatever I knew I wanted to study journalism but I didn't really know what that looked like exactly um Mizzou has an amazing broadcast program. I have a lot of friends who've gone through it. Yep. It's like some schools I've learned now after the fact have more like sports focused interest areas that you can do. Whereas Mizzou, you kind of go through the KOMU news okay. route, but you get to do sports, but it's still like everyone who wants to do broadcast, to my understanding, goes through the same thing. And I'm like, I don't want to work in local news. Like that was just like not something I, I knew or that I thought I wanted to do or anything like that. So I actually ended up getting my emphasis area major journalism degree in Stratcom, which was strategic communication, exactly as it sounds. Um, I did a couple of sports-related classes there, but I really got away from the desire to get into sports until my senior year when I randomly, which like sounds so, like so sketchy now, but I randomly got an email from the site manager of the SB Nation women's basketball blog asking if I wanted to cover the Mizzou women's basketball team and I'm like why the hell not like, yeah, let's do absolutely. it and it's funny like I remember my boyfriend in college at the time like not being that supportive I'm like I'm doing it I'm like he's like do you like do you even know like a lot about basketball I'm like not really I know, enough. I know enough I know enough to like you know get the experience and go out and do it so I Got credentialed went to every game cover you know did all the post-game reports and any like interesting stories that would happen I would like cover those and I loved it I was obsessed with it it was so cool too you know we talk about like being the only woman in the room I was not just the only woman I was the only like young person covering this team so I'm in the press conference in you know it kind of like I resonated with the women on the team because we were the same age like I saw them out at the bars like I'm like I'm yeah. bartending and I'm serving them drinks I'm like hey can you hold my leather jacket behind the bar? I got you, girl. Like, it was yeah, kind of this, absolutely. like, it was cool. And, like, I still have really good relationships with, like, Sophie and Lindsay Cunningham. Sophie now plays in the WNBA. And it was just, like, such a positive start to what ended up being a career in sports. But upon graduation, I, you know, had this great experience. I actually got to go cover the NBA All-Star Tournament um, in New Orleans as, you know, through that experience awesome. with SB Nation, which was so cool. They asked me, like, hey, do, do you have any on-camera experience? I'm like, oh, yeah, none. Totally lied. Totally. I did But, I, but like, I went down, and I just kind of, like, learned my way through it. And so when I got to Kansas City, I had reached out to the SB Nation site that covers sporting, the Blue Testament, and came on with them. Just like, hey, can I create video content for you guys? Got my own camera, got my own mics, reached out to sporting. They let me go down on the field and interview Peter Vermees, who I will be eternally grateful for, for his generosity and, and everything that he's helped me with in my career just never making me feel out of place Absolutely. always making me feel like I belong there and did all of this while I worked full-time in a job that was more relevant to like my stratcom degree so I was working that job um, for about two years I worked in a field full-time that was not sports and on the weekends weeknights was just trying to get better and find opportunity covering sports and that turned into Arrowhead Pride which was cannot say enough about what I learned from John Dixon, Pete Sweeney, all the guys there are just like some of the smartest football people I know and yeah, taught incredible. someone like me who I like I know football but I do not know it the way that they have helped they me since I learned it. film they're like I mean they're intense. It is it's insane yeah. and like again just the opportunity that they gave me the patience and just helping me learn and grow in something that I was really 
trying hard to turn into a full-time career and then Nate Bucati helping me out with 810 seeing what I was doing covering sporting seeing you know my experience also working like in marketing and social media and how that could then help 810 it all just kind of culminated into this perfect opportunity that I didn't know I, I wasn't actively really pursuing until mm -hmm. meetings started to happen and things started to look like hey this could be a really good next step Unfortunately, I had literally just started another job in marketing like a month and a half earlier and had to like, Whoopsie. hey guys, sorry, I'm actually on my way out. But yeah, it was, it's been wild. And when I look back, I am just really happy that it all happened here in Kansas City because I don't, couldn't have imagined a better spot for all that to happen. So very long-winded answer, but that's kind of my little journey from 2013, baby alley out of high school. Like, what do I want to do? And then... You are listening to Kansas City Podcast Network. Talent-driven, FCC-free. Check out our show lineup, videos, events, and more over at kcpn.org. The voices of Kansas City, unfiltered. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Gat. I'm joined by Ali Trost, or as some people know you as Kevin Keatsman's replacement as you came into the scene at 810, as we just talked about all your accomplishments, uh, what is that like to step into the shoes of one of Kansas City's most notorious, uh, self-proclaimed radio uh, pioneers, if you will? Well, I do, I, I don't think that is exactly the case, but I do remember <laughs> when 810 put out like the release uh, about Bringing Me On, a lot of people were in the comments like, are Trost and Briscoe about to take over the like drive times? Like, you know, what's gonna and, like? No, and I the, at the time I really outside of just everything that had gone down with the Tyree Kill situation, like I didn't know really like the ins and outs of what like I don't think a lot of people realize like I came on after all of that had happened. What a strange like, time to walk into it. it. But like it kind of like to be honest, it never was really something that was brought up. So mm -hmm. I honestly just do not and still really don't know like too much about everything that happened but but yeah there like there are people who thought I was coming on I'm like you guys know I don't have any radio yeah, experience, I'm gonna right? be two to six I will be the new drive time host yeah uh, like I, Briscoe, I I would totally say yes to that <laughs> I would say let's put them in there a hundred percent it would be honestly would probably go off the rails more than it would stay on them like we would get some smart-ish sports talking and then we'd probably go down a rabbit hole of talking about like Spongebob which we've done before at, when I've come on as a guest. The pandemic kind of made us all talk about more than sports. I had a tweet that I remember that you shared and it was about it's a bad year to be someone that whose personality is like being busy all the time traveling and like covering like <laughs> covering sports or just talking about sports. I was like yeah I was roasting the shit out of myself too because it would get to the point when I was working in sports media full-time that people wouldn't text me or talk to me. Like, they'd be like, we don't want to bother her. Or it'd be people like, can you get me tickets someplace? I'm like, what the, f I'm trying to get tickets places. What the <laughs> fuck do you think I get? Like, just this ticket package, like, well. People, like, don't realize that at all. I'm like, do you guys realize, like, here's the totem pole? Like, here's me. Yeah, and I'm doing block programming, here. so I'm like, if anyone's getting tickets to anything, it is not going to be me. Yeah. It is going to be someone completely different. But, yeah, uh, being brought into the media world in Kansas City officially like on that level of platform with A10 
what a weird time. 2019 was a weird year for most people to be Chiefs fans in general or to be yeah. Kansas City sports fans in general. Uh, we went through ups and downs, and my last guest, Carrington Harrison from 610, was one of the people that played the undoctored audio from the Tyree Kill situation. Um, I just have a very lingering eye. Uh, just if I were Tyreek in that situation where I knew my innocence and I uh, took charges that weren't necessarily mine to take and I was put through the ringer by local media, like how is he not filing defamation of character? How is he not lashing out? Like we've seen what's happened over KCTV5 with them losing contract. Uh, we've seen that the Chiefs moving to other stations. We've seen the statements being made and then the reparations, unfortunately, on the media side being made. But like. If I were Tyreek, I'd be wanting an apology. And why, I mean, what's, why hasn't there been some sort of like, I feel like there has been undercurrent wise in media. They all just kind of like, everyone just knows we should have done something better or differently. But I mean, where do you stand with the, the chaos that happened last year? Yeah, I, I was telling you this earlier. So my mom is currently in law school and so went back to school. And there are a lot of reasons why that is, but she had unfortunately had to deal with like, all of that language and just the ins and outs of what the law looks like. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think if there's one thing I learned through all of that, it's just the importance of like, I think if it was, if it was feasible, I think every person should go to law school. I really do. I think if there are things like if you're ranking like the level of importance of just things to know about on a deep level, Mm -hmm. that's one of them. And I think when you look at, what like Tyree Kill's entire story going back to his college days and just everything that happened with him and that relationship and you know in, admitting to something that he didn't do and just I, I feel like I would be really frustrated and angry if I were Tyreek and I think you've seen he posted like an Instagram story a little while back just mm-hmm. kind of kind of sharing his peace of mind just about how difficult this has all been and I think this year it's been like kind of nice to hear from him a couple of times in press conferences sharing how much he loves coaching and his his children and not that like he should need to come out and say that for anyone to like change their mind if someone is is innocent then Mm -hmm. you know I don't like that should be enough to like change your opinion but there are still people who like will hop in the comments and I think a lot of that has to do with like the national picture they never really circled back and revisited it and like I think for fans outside of Kansas City when there's something like that that happens their immediate takeaway just as like maybe mine would be of a story that comes out of I don't know like the bills that gets you know a lot of national attention but is painting a a certain picture and then is never revisited as the story develops like Mm -hmm. my takeaway because i just simply don't have the time to keep up with everything happening happening with the buffalo bills like would my takeaway would probably be the one thing i heard and you know you see people getting comments like still bringing up like negative really negative horrible things about tyreek and twitter's a terrible place it's a great place can also be a terrible place so i I don't know. Like, I don't really know what the right answer is. I'm sure he's got plenty of people, both, you know, in his corner, family, friends, legal parts who he consults with how to even speak about it, if at all. Mm-hmm. So, I, like, I don't, I would not know the ins and outs of that. But, yeah, I, I think, like, my biggest takeaway from everything that went down last year with that and, and something I appreciate from talking with my mom about it, she's like, just wait and, like, 
don't make a comment on something that, like you don't know is fact or not. Mm -hmm. and, and I think just trusting like the legal process and trying not to draw immediate conclusions no matter how heinous the accusations might be, which can be really hard because there's an emotional side as well that I think people are naturally inclined depending on like what really pulls at them, which when it's something awful is most people. So I think like there's the balance of, you know, just not letting your emotions get the best of you and trying to play both sides, even if that can be hard and in a situation that you personally would never think you'd find yourself in. Mm -hmm. um, but that's where, again, like understanding the legal system, understanding how everything works and what like some of the actual language means could really help when stuff like this comes to the surface, um, whether that's in sports, entertainment, whatever it is, you know, I feel like there are always those big stories with that, you know, have high profile figures involved and a lot of it's hard to understand, like yeah. what it all means. And a lot of police reports involved over right. the years. For I mean, not only just the Chiefs, you know, it's been uh, in sports in general, and it's almost been like you have to have a criminal law background in order to understand half the shit that happens with oh, yeah. professional athletes. Um, you know, growing up, it's like you have these. I never thought the athletes would be role models. I never really thought anything like that. But to see the Chiefs bring in Tyreek Hill, I, I remember writing an article, uh, higher criminals score touchdowns. And that was one of my – that was very much – because, like, as female in sports media, it's not you were told to feel things a certain way. It's like, well, if I don't speak up about it, who's going to have, like, a take – um, where, you know, they're actually going to have a portrayal of a female sports fan's voice. So that's what I felt, you know, it was my duty to kind of chime in with a lot of that stuff. I mean, I remember when Bob Fesco and my childhood best friend, Mike Welch, at the time, uh, had Larry Johnson on the show. And immediately that Thursday afternoon, I marched my ass into 810 studio and uh, just ripped Bob Fesco for an hour. That was my entire show that day. It was just talking. And never once did I cuss. I think that was like my greatest radio career accomplishment. <laughs> I for Which is an hour. underrated hard part about radio. I'm not like I wouldn't say I have this like horrible sailor's mouth. No, like, you kind of seem like an angel. Time. Like I, just... I there, it is very hard like not to cuss and so just because it's like if you get on a roll and you're just like talking about something and you just feel like you kind of really get to me feeling like the most casual is when I can just like throw in a cuss word every now and then. Yeah. But I I, <laughs> I try to keep it like out of. Like I, I would, I haven't had to have the dump button happen yet. So. That's a good thing, though. You've but I'm been not there on air. Minute. I know, yeah. but I'm not on air frequently enough. Where like yes. it would kind of be sad. I think if it had happened already, it's not like I'm, you know, four hours a day, Monday through Friday. I feel like it may have happened then, but. It'll be funny when it does. Yeah, I never once, and like everyone was so concerned about me doing it, and my <laughs> co-host at the time was the one that said shit on air, and uh, I was like, oh, okay, well, it wasn't me, that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, it's hard because you look at your career and you're like where you were a year ago today, and it's like a year ago today I was taking time off, and I was like, what the fuck am I going to do now? But I got outraged because people are always like, sports radio sucks in Kansas City, and I'm like... You know what? It doesn't, though, because I feel like there's people like you out there that are making things better. You and Briscoe, I mean, younger people, even Cody Tapp that used to be at A10, uh, him going over to 610. There's a lot of young, great energy in the city. You know, I guess Tom's included in that, too, <laughs> uh, with, you know, Let It Fly has been incredible. You know, what yeah. they're doing for film production, what they're doing for... Uh, just documenting what athletes want, which is like the hype videos and like the, and having that interaction. Like as much as we want to say it, you know, channel whatever is never going to get the camera guys in there doing hype videos for the Chiefs players and doing things like that at all because they don't have the right kind of like 
I guess, rapport with them, you know? Well, and and that's where you got it. Like, Billy Quatch, who they have on their creative team, who came from the Chiefs, he's their creative mm-hmm. director. I mean, like, the guys on the Chiefs love Billy. And that, you know, it, and that's, like, the underrated part, I think, in sports media. There's that balance between, like, a, an appropriate relationship and then getting that, like, comfort level. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's really important but I, I think it is funny like with the conver- the topic of like oh sports radio or you know sports talk in Kansas City like where it's at people are still listening I think like the one thing I've learned is like there's an audience for almost everything mm-hmm. whether that is more conservative whether that's you know a little bit more like off the rails or something that is like super just stats facts and like I've found, and like I see all the podcast numbers, I know how everything does. There's there's an audience for everything, and, and I think like the the few voices on Twitter seem to like get amplified more than it is maybe like indicative of the reality, which is that there are a lot of people who are drawn to a lot of different types of personalities, which is why I think it's important that if you find a personality or if you find personalities that are dedicated to their craft are passionate like I think anyone who's passionate is enjoyable to listen to Mm -hmm. I don't care what you're passionate about I'll listen to you if you make me believe in what you believe or if Mm -hmm. you make me feel like even if I disagree with what like the crux of what you're saying is if you make me buy into like how you feel about something I think like that's talent right there um and that and that's more on like the sports talk side you know then you've got personalities on the reporting side and, and like I, I for one like I'm a huge fan of Sam Ellinger I think he is one of the just like funniest most clever talks or you know writes the way he talks which I think is such a hard thing to master because you have He's to so like dedicated you have to find yeah. a way to balance like oh how to be like a good writer and journalist while also not losing my voice in the mm-hmm. process and like the same goes for radio reporting it's like that just fine and like this is I struggle with this so hard like Tom and I talk about this all the time he's like just talk on camera or on air the way that you tweet and I'm like I god I wish I could like I you know it's like it's, sometimes it's hard <laughs> oh, because I should be talking about my nipples like, like that but uh, luckily you don't do things like that I feel like your parents would be very proud of your Twitter presence at worst you might say some bad words every once in a while I do knows? yeah I like I definitely am not afraid to throw like it's funny because like you grow up and you're like do not cuss and then it's like now my family now once we reached a certain age it's like like you know just saying whatever the hell we want which is just fun but like you always wonder like when did it get to that point i don't remember my parents ever cussing now i hear them cuss all the time i'm dropping f-bombs on the phone with my mom what is going on like oh yeah but it's fun like i i don't know i just think you know again just to kind of like circle back there's an audience for everything it can be really hard to find your authentic voice and trying to balance like staying informed listening to what's going on out there while not trying to emulate too much of what other people do it is such a balancing act which is why i think like you know i just have the utmost respect for people who i look at as having mastered or are close to mastering something like that Mm -hmm. and keeping your private life private is difficult keeping you know a focus like when i first started out uh not that he'll claim me but jason king was one of my good mentors and he was like yeah just become a brand like stick to sports stick to that and then over the last few years it's like undoing that it's like don't just stick to sports Mm -hmm. stay out get out a little bit more um i remember stephen st john's been a ref i can't remember how long but 
he's another person that's just been in my ear since day one like you have to keep going like you have a podcast that's great keep doing it like you just have to keep waking up and doing things so it's like even if I just make one episode of this show like once a month I'm still doing something I'm yeah. producing six to ten shows a week but they're not mine and it's mm. like sometimes you get tired about talking about yourself but I feel like you know in your situation are you really like doing any other like passion projects are you doing anything outside of sports like is there anything that we should be like on the lookout like a cooking channel uh, like I don't know I feel like God, no one stuff. wants a cooking channel for well, me. I, mean, I thought about doing like an edibles cooking channel because my mom's a big hippie and like us just cooking oh, that'd be kind of fun. it'd be funny we need to legalize that in Kansas so that could be possible um, but we'll go to Missouri and do this but you know doing something like that like where would you be if you weren't in sports media oh, that's a really good question because I honestly have no idea I, I'm also I've kind of realized this about myself I always have to keep what my environment is around me and what I'm doing feel like current and new so I love taking on like new little passion projects mm -hmm. and when I look at like my career up to this point it's kind of always been like that because even if I was working a nine to five outside of that I was pushing myself in different areas or taking on new things that I you know wanted to try and so I always I like feeling motivated by putting myself out of my comfort zone, which fortunately at 810, I'm always feeling because I've been fortunate to been, you know, given the chance to try new things there and, you know, put myself out there in a way that I could only do in a limited way when I was doing stuff on my own or with different blogs. And, and so I think like, it's hard to know what my thing outside of this would be because I do really enjoy it so much. And I do see this as being like my path and however it pans out, I've completely thrown any script I had out the window because I love radio and if you would ask me in like college or high school, oh, would you ever be interested in doing radio? I'd probably be like, what? Like, I don't know. Um, and I love it, but I think if there's, there's something that I've always wanted to try and I like have a, a mission to finally do this, but then the pandemic hit, so I kind of got distracted from doing it and didn't know how to make it work, but I'd love to become a workout instructor. I have a lot yes. of energy. We talked about like the whole cheerleader oh, thing. Yeah. I am oh, not yeah. a cheerleader. I will, but like I like just start a workout program at eight ten. Just get everybody up. Why not? Like, go megaphone, maybe. Just be like, guys, oh, my we gotta God. do some stretching. That, would that not be the funniest oh, thing absolutely. ever? Absolutely. That's maybe the thing. We should, like, like a reality camp. show in itself is in eight ten. Give you a reality. If you show. got Alok and Chad doing yoga in the morning, <laughs> I might just come in and just be like, I need to join this. Too. Well, and. um Someone else who works at 810, her name's Jessica, she does, like, she's a workout instructor too. So I feel like if we could team up and do something, it would be really fun. But that's something, like, I've always wanted to try. Um, I also, like, I'm really passionate about, like, I like being on, like, leadership boards of things. Mm -hmm. Like, I like helping make things happen or work in some way and, like, just driving whatever that is. And, like, my, my one goal that I am kind of, like, okay... Brittany Matthews, like, let's get this going because she's, you know, retweeted a couple things on Twitter about bringing the NWSL back to Kansas City. Hell yeah. Um, is something that, like, I plan on being in Kansas City for a while. Like, I, I mean... Seems like it's a good fit for you. I, I love it here, and it's I was telling Tom this... <laughs> I love St. Louis. I love going back, but, like, Kansas City is the place... <laughs> that I see myself at. <laughs> it's like the balance, of, like here's the thing, it's like I have nothing against St. Louis. I just, I, I, I mean, and the other thing that's cool, my brother lives here, my youngest brother wants to go to med school, he's looking at UMKC. 
Um, Great month thinking month. about doing undergrad at like maybe Rockhurst at the UMKC like program. Like, I don't know anything about this stuff. I'm like, where did you come from? Are you really my brother? I would never go to med school. But you need a doctor. You're gonna have a lawyer in the family. I know. I mean, yeah, it's I got to round it out. But like, I love having them here. But no, I would love to at some point help like be a part of groups that bring things like the NWSL back to Kansas City. Help you know you know start a, a not-for-profit that you know is helping kids in underprivileged communities getting and like i the pandemic has affected some of these things but i really want to get on with like big brothers big sisters and i love another thing i love at 810 is just the number of organizations that like the the you know union broadcasting at 810 are you guys have with. share waves right we have share yeah. waves and then also the hosts that have their own things mm-hmm. and are really you know given the platform and ability to donate their time, you know, donate airtime to like highlighting different organizations. So I think that's really cool. And I just like, I really want to find what that could be for me and like, what would be something that like, I get up every day and like, wow, that's really cool to be a part of this and like make a difference. So those are just things that like, I think as I, you know, just kind of learn more about the city and like what I want to do or things that I'm like really interested in kind of doing so no i can see you and Brittany matthews teaming up i'm like girl let's go it's about time we're both retired washed up former soccer players washed up yeah okay well if you guys are washed up then uh i am on some sort of like desert coast or something she and i'm taking words out of what she said on twitter about like maybe not being able to play soccer anymore i'm like girl i've seen your workout videos you could probably go pick it up and be totally fine easily like and then also kick my ass because like if i can pick up a lacrosse stick and still have some sort of skills after 10 years of not doing it i was like pandemic sounds great uh the biggest question that we got for you was if there's any funny celebrity stories like if there's any stories about anything ridiculous that's happened i feel like you know I don't know how many people that you were hanging out around, like celebrity-wise, up until because like, you've been hosting award stuff. You've been in and out of a lot of different places. Have there been awkward encounters with people? Honestly, like not that I can think of because I've never like been off to like an after party. I guess like, yeah. I'm usually like when my job's done. Like, I'm can out. I go home though? I'm like I'm. That's the other thing about me. I am like early to bed, early, early, like hardly ever up past midnight and if i am it's like a big deal so ask tom i fall asleep at like like i'll just sleep in the couch no i literally i like i fall asleep hard so um i can't think of like any like celebrity or like local casey celebrity things and like anything that would like even be remotely interesting what about a gary lezak story everyone has one of those i actually don't have a gary lezak story because I don't know why, but I love Gary. Like, I just, I he brightens my day when I listen to him on 810 in the morning with the Border Patrol. His love uh, for weather. I just want to love something as much as he loves oh my God. the weather. And, like, his precious dogs. I just, right? He's so great. He makes me so happy. No, I I can't think of, like, anything. And I've honestly, like, never run into anyone out here. That's like, amazing. isn't that crazy? That like, is so weird. I've, like, seen, like, I, I saw, like, some Sporting KC players, like, out. Or you see, like, like you see them in a distance, but you're yeah. not, like... Like, I've just never, like, really seen anyone out. So it's kind of like, yeah, I can't think of it. But one, like, funny story, I guess. Growing up in St. Louis, we used to live next door to Dexter McLeon, who then was a Kansas City chief. And we lived next door to him for enough enough time where, like, we became, like, close-ish to him. Like, he would 
come out and like play football with us. We'd always purposely kick our soccer ball or whatever we were playing in the backyard into his pools. We'd like have to go retrieve it, and we were just so annoying. But no, he like he was so <laughs> really, he was like, cool. I don't he, understand what you're doing. No, he like he probably was like looking at us, and like what the hell. Uh, but he would like have all these like parties and stuff, and like all these like girls over, and like he was, he was just like the epitome of like what you would imagine an NFL athlete early 2000s like living in like a suburban neighborhood with like a tricked out basement with all these games and like a really cool pool. So then fast forward, he comes to Kansas City. My dad um, at that point in his job was coming to Kansas City a lot to do business. My dad, 5'8", short, like bald dude, like best guy ever. Just like, you know, not someone that you would imagine hanging out with like Dexter McLeod. Oh yeah. So they're on the plaza. They go to Jack Stack for lunch and are leaving and this like Hummer pulls up and Dexter gets out. And like he and my dad see each other, make eye contact, and my dad's like with some of his like coworkers, and Dexter's like, bro, and my dad's like, Dexter, and my dad's coworkers like, what the hell? Like, how do these two know each other? Just Dexter like, McLeon, you guys. Just Dexter McLeon and like Brian Drose hanging out, but um, that's like the equivalent of like DMX jumping out and and be like, hey, what's up, Brian? Like. Dexter McLeon in Kansas City. Yeah, absolutely. So this was like, I want to say, God, when did he leave? Because he was with the Chiefs for what, like a couple of seasons? It wasn't like that long of a time. No. But it was, I think, you know, shortly after he had left St. Like enough time where he'd like recognize my dad. But, but yeah. That's, that's incredible. That's like my only like funny celebrity I feel like that's going to be you one day. You're going to be somewhere besides Kansas City. Andy Reid has won like 20 Super Bowls by now. <laughs> and he just looks up. He's like. Allie? And it's like, like, that'd be amazing. No, it'll be Spags. I love Steve Spagnuolo. Spags? All right. He is a, like... And this is not like me being just like biased oh, because no, I covered because the Chiefs. Carrington name dropped twenty different people, and you know was like everyone loves me and knows me. So please just oh. tell some good wholesome stories. Just a good wholesome Steve Spagnola story because I again I always take note when I just like when those people like just kind of show that like they're not maybe like looking out for you, but like they recognize like your efforts, I guess. And I saw him at the Super Bowl. And he made a like I saw him. I was like, "Hey, Spags, I just want to say like congrats on the season and everything." He was like, "Oh, like and like knew my name and like was like you know just like so like kind to me and just like complimentary, which I was just like not you know like that hits Chiefs, different. But like Chiefs media is like crazy because it's not like sporting where it's like of course Peter knows who I am. Peter's probably rolled his eyes at like several questions at us. Like you know he like there's so much like less media coverage there where like they know you a bit better. Whereas Chiefs, it's like. That room's jam-packed, even on, like, just local media days. It's not like they've got, you know, just five people there. It's usually pretty packed. And so I just, like, really appreciated that. And then best story was, like, we're in the locker room after the AFC Championship game, and it's just swarmed in there. Like, there are a million people, and I've got, like, my little monopod, my phone. I'm, like, (laughs) trying to get, like, all, like, the footage and whatnot. And I'm, like... Getting, I'm, I caught it on camera, and it was like I was like Spags like saw me, and he was like, "Oh, like, hey!" And he's like, "What's that little gizmo?" <laughs> Pointed to that, and then just the championship swagger. I was the one who asked him the question where he was like, "What? I don't know what a swagger is." When I asked him about like, <laughs> so I just like there are so many Steve Spagnuolo moments. Like Josh and I had like a, a just like a segment on a NFL show we did over the summer, just like gushing over like just such a lovely person to talk to like there are sometimes you get like a lot of coach speak and you know different personalities that maybe aren't 
like the most excited. Like he's just someone who like genuinely every time he gets at the podium, I'm like, I could listen to him talk about football all day. He's just a very pleasant person to talk to. He's pleasant in the interview, like one-on-one situations, pleasant in the press conference. So Steve Spagnuolo is a, a gem in Kansas City, like looking at the defense and everything too. It's like, it wouldn't maybe be that way if on the field things weren't lining up. But mm-hmm. I mean, I just like think that this team is so special and it's, it's hard to realize in the moment. But I think 20 years from now, when people look back on like, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs during the Patrick Mahomes era, it's going to be regarded as one of the best moments in NFL history, without a doubt. Easily. We're so, so fucking spoiled, you guys. It's like, which is why it's also a funny time to be in sports talk, because like, I have to step back at times. I'm like, are we really like criticizing this thing that is like so great? They just are coming We're 8-1 and, and we're upset about anything right yeah. now. Like, let's, let's remember the days where we would go 9-0 and and then we just lose everything after that. But it's like being aware of how lucky people are to be in the sports media world still, being aware of how awesome your yes. job is. And there's a lot of people that take it for granted, and I think they might have a little bit more before the pandemic. But uh, I think that you've been an incredible bright light in Kansas City media, and I appreciate you. you being here, and I appreciate you just continuing forward. And uh, I don't know. I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot more of you and a lot more of things to come for you. So it's going to be pretty exciting. I love it here. And I- I'm so appreciative to you know anyone watching this that found me on Twitter that found this on Twitter which you probably did because that's where oh, the yeah. two of us are We're very very, very much loud Twitter people. On Twitter. Yeah. Um, if you can put it mildly, I was like, damn. All right, maybe I should tone. Absolutely not. I'm no, never toning it down. Never. No. Never ever. No. Mm-hmm. So I just yeah, I'm very appreciative of Kansas City sports, the fan base here, and and just people who have given me an opportunity because that's sometimes all that it takes is just find. An opportunity, if any, and so like that, you know, is my my one thing. If there's something that you like or are interested in, just find any opportunity to do it, and just keep, like Stephen St. John told you, who loves Stephen, just keep going. That that'll be a. Fun, I really want to get Stephen and Gary Lezak here. Oh my god! On a joint episode, you'd have to just burn down the whole. Like they would the entire. It'd be thing. insane. There'd be no Johnny Walker left. There would be no. Uh, it would be jam-packed. They're so, so I could sell tickets to that kind of thing. Yes. Easily. So, Love all right. Well, thank you so much again for being here. Three Miller Lights, Steve. But, you know. waters. <laughs> With three waters, because some people have real jobs. <laughs> Perfect. You're the best. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so Better sleep means a better you. That's why Mattress Firm came up with the Rest Assured Promise, featuring the best mattresses from America's best mattress brands. Like the Temper Breeze Collection, available now, with a $300 instant gift good towards your choice of sleep accessories. Visit with our sleep experts in-store, online, or by phone to find the right bed for you. Only at Mattress Firm, America's number one Tempur-Pedic retailer. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com sale. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.